Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, or anyone. Uh, this is Dr. Simon, and my show is always called The Stories We Live By. And today I would like to talk about uh, the, the uh, frightening situation that I pers- personally see happening in the United States um, at the political level, but at all levels, uh, in which there is what has been called a dumbing down and a rise of uh, passion, if you will, uh, dominating the political landscape. Um, I haven't done a show in a while, and um, I haven't intended to do a show. Uh, I've gone back to work, and I'm really enjoying and find it important uh, uh, and satisfying for me to go back to work um, uh, as a psychologist and uh, do some good, uh, which I think I am doing, uh, with people in a nursing home. Uh, when I have had a little more experience, I'll do a show called Stories About uh, Nursing Homes uh, because uh, at least this one, well-run, clean, but a place... Uh, not quite of the living and not quite of the dead. But in any event, uh, what stirred me to do a show today was a column uh, in the Sunday New York Times of October 17th, this past Sunday, by Frank Rich. Um, used to be a, uh, uh, used to analyze movies and was a theater critic, uh, but then began to write a, a political column and one that I enjoy on any Sunday that I happen to buy the paper and that he's uh, written in. And the paper, uh, the article is entitled, The Rage Won't End on Election Day. And um, Rich is writing about something uh, that I have talked about on this show, uh, not specifically in terms of anybody's political party, uh, although he slants it towards the crazies that have come up uh, with the support of the Republicans and mostly the Tea Party, uh, whatever the hell the Tea Party actually is. Um, And he writes about the kind of characters that are emerging and the way in which these characters, who some years ago, and not that many years ago, would have been laughed at or just thrown out of the political arena, who are now winning, actually winning elections um, and winning primaries. Um, and let me read the first couple of paragraphs uh, to give you the flavor of what he's writing about, and then I'll talk about why it scares me personally so much. Well, not me personally. Uh, I'm too old to be frightened by what could happen in the next few years in history uh, for myself, but I'm certainly afraid for my children and my grandchildren, who have to live in this country and uh, have no other country to live in. Uh, I'll read the first couple of paragraphs. Carl Palladino began his New York gubernatorial campaign by bragging he'd, quote, clean out Albany with a baseball bat. When an ally likened his main Albany target, the Jewish leader of the state assembly, that's Sheldon Silva, to an antichrist or Hitler, he enthusiastically endorsed the slur. 
We also learned the Palladino's repertory of gag emails, among them a pornographic picture of a woman having sex with a horse and a photo of an African tribal ritual captioned, captioned Obama inauguration rehearsal. How blind we were not to recognize that his victory in a Republican primary was under the proud Tea Party banner was inevitable. A week ago, New Yorkers were presented with a vivid reminder of how a bat can be used as a weapon. A pack of young thugs, thugs was charged with torturing three men in the Bronx for being gay, one of whom the Times reported was sodomized with a small baseball bat. It is probably safe to assume that no one in this lynching party has heard of Palladino. Presumably, he has heard of them, but a man of Tea Party principles will not compromise, no matter, no matter what may be happening in the real world. Don't tread on call. And so last Sunday, as the city was reeling from both the Bronx bloodbath and the earlier leap of a bully gay Rutgers freshman off the George Washington Bridge, Palladino visited a fringe Orthodox synagogue in Brooklyn to stand his grounds. He attacked gays for supposedly plotting to brainwash children into accepting the validity of homosexuality. We don't know what will happen on Election Day, but one thing is fairly safe. Palladino will not be the governor of New York. However tardily, he has been disowned not only by the state's extant, if endangered, cadre of mainstream Republicans, but even by some of the hard right. No one apparently told him that while bigotry isn't always a disqualifier for public office, appearing on YouTube vowing to take out, that's a quote, a reporter from Rupert Murdoch's New York Post can be. As a rule, it is career suicide to threaten to murder your own political base. He writes so well. Now, what this story is telling us, and he goes on to describe it, is that as people become frightened and become angry, and they don't take the time to think about the source of their fear that arouses the anger, and I'll explain that relationship in a little while, they look for scapegoats. And political people hopefully are not the ones who lead the charge to scapegoats. That that many people would vote for a Palladino is terrifying. Why? Because only three generations ago, a clown by the name of Hitler was elected in 1933, the Chancellor of Germany, elected by a majority of people after scapegoating Jews, gypsies, mostly Jews, minorities of all kinds, and any of his political enemies. And apparently, something went on in the very sophisticated country of Germany, wherein and whereby a majority of people voted to put this dangerous clown and the hoodlums that he surrounded himself with the ignoramuses and hoodlums that he surrounded himself with, into power, producing a world war in which 60 to 80 million people died, in which 6 million Jews and 7 million non-Jews had their lives tortured and terminated in the extensive network 
of concentration camps created by the bullies and the thugs of the uh, Reich led by Mr. Hitler. It could happen here? Yes. And I think in some ways we're on our way for it to happening here. When I watch television and I see political people and celebrities who have control of those airways boldly saying they don't believe in evolution, when I see uh, 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 ballots uh, on election day that uh, will allow the state legislature of Florida, a proposition, if you will, to raise class size, further diminish the power teachers have in the classroom, make sure that teachers don't uh, get a salary increase that in any way keeps up with inflation, uh, I become very frightened. And most of the people I know are similarly frightened. The problem is that as our educational system sinks, and it is sinking, as it becomes more politicized, as the standards of what is an intelligent essay, an intelligent, uh, 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 a fair amount of knowledge for a child of any given age to know, continues to decrease, as grades uh, are, are uh, inflated, continually inflated. Uh, my last teaching job was only five years ago, uh, and I taught in a lovely school in which the seniors all had to have A's uh, in their major. Otherwise, they couldn't go to graduate school. The pressure to give all A's, uh, to treat a B as if it was a failing grade, uh, a C, absolutely, uh, anathema, and, and uh, not able to, uh, you, you, the pressure was enormous to avoid such things. Uh, to be told by rather lovely young people uh, that they wouldn't do the reading I assigned because A, it was too difficult, and as one young man put it, when I try to read it, it puts me to sleep. This said without any kind of embarrassment, uh, without any kind of, of uh, a sense of what he was saying, because the standard by which he gauged his response was something so vastly different than mine when I was an undergraduate uh, that he had no idea that what he was saying uh, had such profound meaning for him and for the country uh, that we live in. So let me talk a little bit about uh, emotions and um, thought and the relationship. So I'm going to talk a little bit about pure psychology. All right. uh, I've put a 45-minute cap on this discussion today, and if I don't finish today, I will uh, finish in, uh, next week. I'll do part two for this kind of stories. Our emotions, which we experience and call on a subjective level feelings, our emotions uh, are very wide and varied, and they're part of the best part of us. They are the result of years and years and centuries and millennium of evolution. Uh, again, as I say evolution, uh, I can hear these authorities all over, political and celebrities, saying they don't believe in evolution. What terrifies me even more, 
that I know they have no idea what evolution really says or what it is or the premises that it's built upon. Nor do they think through. We'll talk about thought in a moment. Uh, nor do they think through the, the implication that without evolutionary theory and biological theory, the doctor they would go to could be as stupid as the morons that are screaming like Palladino, trying to arouse the passions and the hatreds of the public against Muslims, against gays, against minorities. And again, I'm kind of lucky at this point in history because the Jews are not very high on the list of who is to be scapegoated, to direct the anger that grows out of the fear of so many people. So, uh, to say that evolution doesn't exist is to ignore vast mountains of information. It is to be as ignorant a human being as one can be. Now, one can reject the idea in favor of a religious creed or religious idea. That's perfectly all right. Well, it's not all right, but it, it, it's understandable. Uh, it's a hard theory in terms of its emotional and social implications. But to say you don't believe and not know a damn thing about it, that is to me extremely frightening. So, uh, our emotions are the result of evolution. We would not be able to live without our emotions. Fear, anger, shame, guilt, anxiety, love, these are powerful motivators of our life. When we are afraid, we are directed to run. When we are angry, we are directed to fight. When we are uh, uh, anxious, we are directed, uh, and I've done some good shows on this, to find out what it is we don't know or what it is we're lying to ourselves about and find out the truth. Anxiety is a powerful emotion to correct some area of ignorance or repression uh, or personal uh, uh, defensiveness that allows us to know that something exists but not know exactly what it is that uh, uh, we have to be afraid of or, or frightened of. So, um, we are emotional creatures. The thought that we have, however, our intelligence, uh, the cognitive part of intelligence, is equally necessary. Because once emotions are aroused, it becomes important to know why they are aroused. What is the source of our fear? Uh, the real source of our fear. There isn't a person in the United States I know that is really in any physical way or psychological way being threatened by anything that gay people do. And yet, it is so easy for them to be so directed. Rich's column links the fear that is leading to the scapegoating and the bigotry to the economic crisis we are in. And I agree that is a terrifying idea. But what amazes me is how many people will listen to politicians who never once try to direct them into those areas that are the source of our economic difficulties, namely 
the things that the bankers and Wall Street have done, the things that we all participated in, all participated in, uh, in leveraging our homes with mortgages, second mortgages and third mortgages, uh, playing craps with all of our possessions so that we can buy more toys uh, that we don't need and didn't think through the reasons for our buying. We are driven by passions, including fear and anxiety and, and, and lusts for money uh, and, and goods that we are not asking ourselves in an intelligent way, why do I need this expensive car? Why do I need a 14-room house, uh, 8,000 square feet that will heated and cooled only with enormous expense? Why are these things necessary? Well, my own feeling is that they grow out of some feeling of insecurity in us, a feeling that we're not adequate, a feeling that, that we're not good enough, and I have spoken about this many, many times. The terrible uh, feelings of inferiority, the feelings that so many of us grow up with when we are told that we're no good, uh, that we shouldn't have been born, uh, that we're the cause of our parental divorce, or when in our childish thinking we assume that we are the cause and nobody helps us correct and change our interpretation of our relationship to the world. So it is only with clear thinking, with an individual who is like a scientist and asks good questions and seeks after facts, observable facts, and recognizes that if it's not a fact, it's a theory. It's a guess. And yes, evolution is a theory. It can never be fully proven. But nobody calls it a religion which is taken on faith and doesn't have to be proven. So what we have is a situation in which emotions are aroused by how we perceive the world, how we think about it. And emotions then direct us to behave and the choice of our behavior, the way we satisfy our needs, and satisfy our emotions, and resolve our emotions. And by the way, I'll speak in a moment. You don't get out anger. Anger has to be resolved. It is emotion that needs a resolution, because anger is based on fear. And the fear then needs to be resolved. But if we don't understand that relationship, and we're caught up in the emotion, and we become the emotion, and we don't own the emotion, then we act in ways which almost always are not in our interest to do. The idea that we're supposed to be spontaneously emotional is an absurd idea, which I'll talk about in a while, that has been pandered by the mental health industry, including my field of psychology, for years and years and years. Freud understood the power of the emotions and the power of our drives our sexual drives, and our rages, and our infantile angers. He understood that. And the goal of a good therapy was what he called insight, a mature ability to evaluate and own what we think and what we feel, 
and our more primitive thought mechanisms so that we can make choices about how to express ourselves in a way that we don't make our lives worse than they already are or that we don't kill innocent people or harm the people that we love the most or ultimately harm and maybe even destroy ourselves. So the model is how we perceive the world, how we think about it, the knowledge we have about it will determine our emotion. And in the intensity of emotion, which is a kind of an all or none thing, how we act on our emotions, the choices we make given the situations we're in, what we do to learn better ways of behaving depends upon the maturity of our thought and the kind of educational process we go through, not only in school, but with our families, with our friends, with loved ones, uh, uh, with, with clergy, with, with the people we see on television. And more and more, when I turn on a television, unless it's an entertaining movie, what I see is of such a low level intellectually. Now, uh, some of you who are going to hear this to say, ah, another intellectual putting down the masses. No, I'm not putting anybody down. But I was an educator and a psychologist for over 45 years, and I watched as individuals came to me and, and sometimes transformed their lives, not merely because they learned to accept their emotions, which can be very important if we can't feel. Uh, let, let, me, let, me, uh, uh, let me finish this thought. If we can't feel, we're like automatons. But individuals who learn to feel but at the same time learn to think through their feelings and own them and understand that the terrors from childhood, the fears that they lived with from the time they were little children, maybe even infants, no longer had sway given the fact that they were now adults with skills that were massively greater and, and, and more sophisticated than the skills that they had when they were first frightened or left lonely or abandoned or terrified or abused. Okay? Powerlessness and, and fear and shame of childhood kind of disappears and takes, is transformed when we can understand that our interpretation of what happened to us when we're two or three is not the same as the interpretation we have when we are 33, or at least it doesn't have to be. And I have always believed that maturity can come to everyone. Now, I am making a value judgment. When an adult like this Palladino or some of the others that he quotes in the paper uh, spread around the most ridiculous stories without facts, without any kind of, of substantiation and, and target innocent individuals uh, as, their, as the uh, uh, scapegoat, directing individuals not to look at themselves and their responsibility as citizens, but to find out who the other is, who is the enemy within, and to 
purge them and destroy them, either politically or emotionally or financially, or go after them like Hitler did with knives and guns and actual baseball bats. So I have a guest, 4152. I don't know who that is. Maybe you want to call in and uh, have uh, a little conversation. I'm always lonely here with people who don't call in. But anyway, I thank you for being here anyway. It's always nice to know uh, that uh, while I'm speaking, there is somebody uh, who, is, uh, uh, who is available and uh, living and thinking and hopefully may get something from this uh, that will be helpful to uh, him or herself and not only as a person and an individual, but as a citizen on a social level. Because ultimately, I think one of the real sad things about psychology and psychiatry is it deals with the individual and doesn't put the individual into social context. It very often lacks a good developmental theory, uh, which talks about how children's thinking, uh, which Piaget, the famous psychologist, child psychologist, called preoperational thinking, differs from the adult who possesses formal operations in a given area, uh, who has a more formal, logical way, a better search for facts. I can tell you uh, that the longer I did psychotherapy, what I call psychotherapy with quotes around the therapy, uh, the longer I did it, the more my goal was to get people to go back to school if they had dropped out early. Yes, with all of the problems of high school and college and all of the difficulties and all of the uh, absurdities, uh, spending time in any public institution or even private institution, uh, you learn to deal with all kinds of injustices and absurdities. But in spite of that, these are places in which thinking and knowledge increase. And with thinking and knowledge, we have a greater ability uh, to control uh, our emotions, not get rid of them, not obliterate them, but to understand their source, to own them, and recognize that the fears we have are not necessarily uh, uh, going to do us in, uh, but allow us, in fact, to be our better selves, to act in a way that is honest, uh, in a way that allows us to solve the real problems that frighten us. The economic difficulties of this country right now came from a greed that all of us participated in, but uh, the people with the power to control the purse strings, the very wealthy, the people on Wall Street, the bankers, uh, the big politicians who are part of what uh, the, the famous sociologists of the 50s and 60s called the power elite. Uh, the name comes to me. C.W. Mills, wonderful politician, uh, 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 philosopher and sociologist who wrote The Power Elite. Even President Eisenhower, president in the 1950s, warned us against the power of the military-industrial complex and how irreverence writes, life is a futile, meaningless, purposeless search for meaning and purpose. You know what? I accept that as a statement. The problem is that you're making it as an objective statement, not a subjective statement. I don't know anybody who says that, and I occasionally say that as well. 
that life has no external purpose. It doesn't have external meaning. The meanings come from us. We create them. And when we create a meaning that feels real to us, it is real because there's no other way to live. There's absolutely no other way to live. You have to be able to live feeling, feeling where none exists. But that doesn't make it, you see, uh, unimportant or make it meaningless. Uh, I think that caring for the next generation, well, evolution doesn't care whether human beings live another generation or not. But I certainly never could feel that my children and my grandchildren, my students, uh, are, their lives are unimportant or meaningless. I know on an objective level, given the big universe, nothing exists. Certainly, I reject any idea that God exists or gods exist or external forces exist that create meaning. However, there is no way you can get up in the morning, I think, if you feel there's no purpose or meaning in your life. Right? Uh, I don't think the universe cares if I go back to work as I've done and I now work in a nursing home. Again, I'll do a good show on this someday. Uh, however, <laughs> for me, when somebody smiles and laughs for the first time in months, uh, the world doesn't change. And when they say, oh, it's so good to have someone who talks to me and listens, uh, that that's meaningless, I'm sorry. I can't experience it as meaningless. Uh, when someone says I love you to you uh, and you accept it that they do, I really wonder whether you in your heart of heart can say uh, it's all futile and it's all meaningless. We create those meanings. Okay. I wanted to continue a little more about, and thank you for writing in, um, Part of the danger that, again, I see is that more and more we are caught up in political situations in which the scapegoating directs us away from where an intelligent analysis and personal responsibility would take us were we to examine how we feel from what I would call a more mature, sophisticated, intellectually uh, uh, abled point of view. Um, Again, some interesting points about this. When I was teaching college in my last 10 years of teaching, it became more and more difficult for me to accept what I was seeing from both the students but even more the faculty. Uh, I was literally attacked, not literally physically, but psychologically, verbally attacked by an English teacher for correcting the grammar of one of my students on a paper that they handed in. I was hurting their feelings and hurting and damaging their creativity. And I, the first time I had heard that, it was not the last time I heard that, because this became the official policy of the English department in the college in which I taught. You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, and if you criticize if you criticize what somebody is saying, even if you can't understand the word that they're saying, you're going to hurt their feelings. But secondly, you're going to create and damage their creativity. What I was accused of was elitism. And it took me a while to respond to that. 
I said, who do you go to a doctor? The worst doctor you can find. By the way, it's a great joke by the comedian George Carlin, who died, was it last year, the year before? Time passes so quickly that I, I no longer remember. George Carlin used to say, there is one doctor in the world who is the worst. And right now, somebody has an appointment with him. Now, you go to the elite doctor, the same people who would tell me I was elitist for trying to get my students to write an intelligent paragraph, an organized set of ideas that would communicate to even themselves because they didn't know what they were saying in the paragraph. Anybody who did this, you see, improved how they communicated. And in communication is so important between human beings. But anyway, I was an elite. But you go to elite doctors. The same people went to the best doctors. They went to the very best doctors. Uh, what amazes me is that nobody would ever say, gee, I want to watch a sports, a, a football game in which the two worst teams in the history of football or baseball uh, are playing. We want to watch the elite play. Those are our heroes. But somehow in the educational system of this country, the elite intellectual, and there are elite intellectuals. I'm not saying I'm one. Uh, I'm saying that Shakespeare was one. I'm saying that great playwrights and authors and scientists, they are the ones that they're not heroes. That what we have to have are politicians who represent the people, as if the people are supposed to be stupid, uneducated, unable to function intellectually and examine the source of their fears and what must be done. And I'm not in any way suggesting that the problems we have in our economy, which have hit working class people the hardest and the people who have lost their homes, uh, 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 whether they were participated or not, to have a person lose a home and have to move out of their home uh, uh, to be on the street to be homeless here in Florida where I live because it's warm we have this enormous homeless population there's nothing about this uh, that doesn't deserve sympathy and understanding and the best minds and hearts of our society to solve not to blame not to say they got what they deserved. Uh, yes, I agree, irreverence. Thugs are heroes today because we've lost our standard. We really have lost our standards. Uh, the idea that, that a, what's her name, Christine O'Donnell, could literally win a primary is to me an absolute absurd and terrifying event. That's, I don't think she's a bad person but that she would be held up as somebody who could lead us in this country is absolutely terrifying to me. And I'm not big on the people in Washington. I think that many of them have so limited their outlook. Uh, I'm looking for a hero politician like Roosevelt, like Churchill, uh, somebody who really leads, somebody who suggests. I thought Obama, when he started, but he has a faint heart. He seems to have caved in. He's very worried about being reelected. I'd love to see a whole group of politicians to say, I'm not here to be reelected. I'm here to do some real good leadership 
for the people in this country. Instead, everybody's hunkering down to be re-elected, re-elected, to get the most amount of money which seems to be necessary to be re-elected. And the poorest of people in the country seem to be enthralled re-electing very wealthy people who tell them uh, they have a bag of tricks and it doesn't require the citizenry to come together and fix the country. It's been done before. I don't think it's being done now. That's what scares me. More and more, I see what I call in my judgment, and it's a judgment, dumbness. Sheer dumbness. Sheer ignorance. So, we now have, as, as Rich puts it, a kind of free-floating, a kind of free-floating rage in society. And this is what existed in Germany post-World War One. There's shame, there is guilt, there is fear, and where there is extreme fear, you have terror, real terror. And unless terror is directed, it leads to rage. All anger is based on threat. When you're angry, you're afraid of something. When you hate, when you're in a rage, when you want to kill, you're terrified. That's how emotions work. That's how they work. We stay alive by killing our enemies. Well, if we have to kill our enemies or destroy our enemies, let's understand where our fears come from, what our fears are about, how our fears are, are, are real or left over from childhood. Let's understand how we can deal with our fears in such a way from a mature point of view of solving the problems that have led to our fears. The economy won't be fixed by one individual or small group of individuals, only by all of us, only by all of us. Global warming will not be solved. And again, every time I hear somebody deny that human beings have anything to do whatsoever with the increase that we're seeing in the temperature and the storms, and the environmental degradation, and the fact that 300 or so species are disappearing from this planet every day, much greater numbers than were uh, destroyed when 65 million years ago, uh, scientists theoretically believe something hit the earth and created uh, a massive explosion and then a cooling, a serious cooling. Uh, so, Yes, working class and poor people don't have enough money to run for office. They don't have to run for office. The people who have to run for office have to be human beings. They have to be mensch. They have to be something other than unfortunately what they are. And we have to winnow out those who are fools and not suffer them gladly, but get rid of them and see who is the best. It's a kind of an evolutionary process. That's how evolution, by the way, works. That which is successful is rewarded by reproducing. Were we to really discriminate about the politicians, were we to actively support the ones we think are just nearly okay and really fight against and be very diligent about arguing against and not voting for and trying to get out of office, the fools and the dangerous ones 
uh, there would be an improvement. There would be a definite improvement. Um, I, I'm not hopeless about that. I'm becoming more and more frightened about where this is going. But I don't want to feel hopeless about that because uh, at that point, um, I won't do any broadcast. I won't do anything because I'll just fold up and roll into a ball like the old Frank Sinatra song said and die. Uh, there's no purpose if you can't feel you can fight. Okay, i got four minutes left. Uh, anybody wants to call in? Uh, I, I uh, would be most welcome to do so. Um, I thank those of you who have been here today. Uh, I'm kind of, uh, uh, I'm tired. Uh, I went to play golf this morning. I was so terrible that I can't even describe how terrible I was. So, And I hurt my leg playing uh, tennis last week. I'm not supposed to sprint around the tennis court at my age. I pulled a muscle in my thigh. And so I went to play golf, and after nine horrible holes, I went home. But then I went to work for a couple of hours when I wasn't even due in, and that cheered me up. But I get very, very tired when I go to the uh, nursing home and I see uh, what passes for life in the later years of people who are sick and old and really uh, forgotten, just forgotten and isolated and lonely as lonely can be. But anyway, uh, now I did the show, and I feel kind of good about today's show. This has been all right. And I'm going to say good night and goodbye. And I don't know if I'll do another show next week. I have to see. If I read something or something happens that uh, gives me a, uh, a stick in the uh, tush uh, and uh, let, me, let me talk about uh, something I think is of interest. And so thank you uh, for your comments. Uh, and uh, good night, goodbye, terrific.